Hello again, and welcome back to the Boundless Podcast, where we boldly chase the boundless grace of God on a daily basis. I am your host, Ashley Raina Rath, and I am so genuinely happy that you're here. Uh, last episode, we chatted about spiritual warfare in part one of like this mini series on the enemy. Um, if you're listening to this in part two, I highly, highly suggest that and encourage you to exit and go back to listen to episode three. Um, Listen to that first so that you can get that foundational understanding and overview of who the enemy is and the goals he has for your life and some of the tactics that he may be using on you right now. Um, And if you learn something new, please go ahead and leave a review uh, on whatever platform that you're listening on. I absolutely love, love, love to read about what got you each episode and what you got out of each episode. And it's like my favorite thing in the world. So this week we are taking what we know about the enemy, uh, about the enemy of our souls and leaning further into this arsenal of tools that, and weapons that the, that the Lord gives us to stand against the schemes and his evil plans and the enemy's evil plans. So we're talking about the armor of God. Um, Before I actually get into the content of this episode, I want to pause for a second and just say, like, I know it's been a while. It's been a minute since the last episode. And so first, I just want to say thank you. I'm not here to reach millions. I'm here to reach you. And if you've been listening so far, or if you're listening now or both, I know that you are either in this close-knit circle of people who know me and are listening to this because of that. Um or you've been personally chosen by the Lord to hear whatever messages and and most likely it's both. Um, So I want to say thank you. Thank you for bearing with the time gap and for being here for this episode. It's actually, it's actually perfect. It's not a coincidence. You know, my mom always says there are no coincidences. It's not a coincidence that this took so long to come out because I've been personally experiencing spiritual warfare I've been doubting, I've been in my head, I've been questioning, I've been quote unquote not ready or not passionate or not don't know enough about or maybe it's the wrong message or just like so in my head about things about this episode that I've just been putting it off, putting it off, putting it off and being like it's not important, you know, but that's not a coincidence. Like I got to tell you, I had so many things come up today. Um that wanted to prevent me from doing this. And we'll talk about that later, but I'm just so grateful that you guys are here. And the reason that I showed up and decided to record today was because I heard God's voice this last week over and over saying the same thing. And that was, I've called you, I've called you. And I don't know if you guys have seen this series. So my husband and I are watching the series called the chosen If you haven't seen it yet, highly recommend you go see it. It's obviously about the Bible and about when Jesus was walking this earth with us. And like, spoiler alert, I already know what happens. It's not like, you know, this show that's, I don't know what's going to happen next. Spoiler alert, he's crucified. Spoiler alert, he's risen. Like, I know the stories of the Bible and probably so you, but something about seeing it acted out by humans and like I'm a visual person and it's like really sticking with me in different ways and I'm hearing things like God is totally using this series. Um so I think it's on Peacock and I think it's on Amazon Prime. So if you haven't seen it yet, I highly recommend you go see it. But there are so many times in the show and in the Bible, like you know, the show is based on the Bible. So we can go find stories like that in the Bible. But in the show this week for some reason it was just speaking to me. There's so many times where he's like calling his disciples to follow him and 
almost every single one of them says at some point directly to Jesus's face, you picked the wrong person. Why, why did you pick me? You picked the wrong person. I'm, I'm not, not special. I'm not worthy of this. I, I have this and that and this in my past. And, and he says, I know who you are. I know who I've chosen and I'm counting on you to be the person that I know you are to carry out this purpose that I know you're meant to carry out. So I don't know. I think that's a, a word for somebody. Don't think he doesn't know what he's doing and he doesn't know who he's called. It's not an accident. It's not a mess up. He doesn't make mistakes. He doesn't do things on a whim. If you have felt called in any way, shape or form by the Lord to pursue any purpose that he has given you, you might think it's the smallest thing. It's not. If he has called you to towards something, step out in faith in any way, it's important and it matters. So here I am today showing up imperfect, showing up unready, showing up feeling like miles of unworthiness. Uh, but we are here anyways. And I hope that that is a word for somebody to show up in whatever way you're being called to show as well. So today, like I said, we are covering the armor of God. Yes, that is right. God gives us actual armor to deal with the enemy. Did, did you just think he was going to like leave us here and have us like try to figure it out ourselves? No, uh, he knows us a lot better than that. He knows we could never. So we are jumping into Ephesians 6 right off the bat. Ephesians 6, 13 says this. I'm going to read the whole thing first. So stay with me and we'll get, we'll break it down after that. All right, here we go. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist with the breastplate of righteousness in place and with your feet fitted with readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all of the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Woo! That is a lot to unpack, <laughs> uh, but I'm so, so here for it. So when the enemy is throwing daggers at you, directly at you, you're not forced to just sit there and take it all alone. You're called to armor up. So first we're called to stand firm. It says stand firm so that you may be able to stand your ground and after everything to stand. So I like have this visual in my head when it says, you know, It'll be able to, you'll be able to stand your ground. And then after everything, after all the blows, after all, taking all the hits, you'll be able to stand. I see myself like physically standing up from being knocked down. I don't know if you guys have ever seen Captain Marvel. Um, I am a big Avengers fan, but in Captain Marvel, there's this like video montage of like, you know, highlighting the human spirit and like she gets knocked down over and over. It starts from when she's a child, you know, she falls off a bike and then she's a, a teen, a preteen. And then she get, gets knocked down by something else. And then she's a young adult and then she's an actual adult. And then she's in her present day and she's in that present battle that she's physically fighting in that moment. And they put all these clips together of the moment right after she gets knocked down of her, you know, standing up, brushing the dirt off of her legs, brushing the blood off of her face and wiping the blood off her face and 
wiping the tears from her eyes and standing back up and there and just seeing that image of her standing up back to back to back to back. I was in tears when I saw this and it reminds me, I, I understand that I'm comparing, <laughs> I understand that I'm comparing the Bible to a, a fictional Marvel movie, but I'm a visual person and hopefully this little metaphor will um, serve you too and help you kind of see it in this way. But like, you're going to stand up again. That stand up scene was so powerful. And I see that with this, the Lord says like, you're going to be able to stand back up again. He gave us this resilient spirit and you can only really see that resiliency when you've gone through moments of weakness um, and, and battle. So stand firm with a belt of truth buckled around your waist. Okay, listen, I'm not an expert and I'm not a scholar or a person who knows even half of what I feel like I should know, but I'm going to share my perspective and pray that you are spoken to through it. So when it says the belt of truth buckled around your waist, I think about the way a belt is wrapped around you when you wear it. Uh, the belt is holding things in place. The belt is curving around you like arms of a hug and surrounding you on all sides. We must keep the truth buckled and wrapped tightly around us. And notice it's not called the belt of your truth. Oop, pause. Pause for conviction. No, no. It's the belt of truth, period. And let me just tell you what the truth is. The truth is that God sent his only son, Jesus Christ, down to the earth to live amongst us as the only example of a perfect sinless life so that he would die on that cross and pay an unimaginable price for our sins, the price that we deserve to pay. The truth is that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the light. And the only way to the Father is through him. Because without him, without the debt that he covered with his own blood, we would not be standing firm against the enemy, but living in hell alongside him where we deserve to be. Whoa, <laughs> that was intense. Uh, thanks for understanding that the truth doesn't sound perfect or pretty, and it needs to be shared nevertheless. Friends, we don't get to conjure up our own truths about this. If you replace the belt of truth with the belt of your own truth, you're falling victim to a scheme of the enemy. Another pause for conviction. Despite what this fallen world, and let's remember who's the king of this fallen world right now, uh, what this fallen world wants you to believe, you actually don't know better than God. I actually don't know better than God. You actually can't trust your feelings or emotions. And if the belt of truth is not the belt of the truth, then it's of no use to you or to your soul. It will only be of use to the enemies and his armies. Okay, so then we're told to stand firm on the belt of truth and with the, the breastplate of righteousness in place. The NLT version says the body of the body armor of God's righteousness. Same thing, okay? But the breastplate is that big piece that protects your main body, like your whole torso protects your heart and your other vital organs. Like picture a person in armor. Picture a knight in armor and the way that looks. Okay, hold that in your mind as we're talking. So what is righteousness? Righteousness is living in such a way that honors God, following his commandments and living right. Pretty simple. It's really simple actually, but... Let me give you my favorite analogy that I heard from one of my favorite sisters in Christ. Uh, if you know her, you love her, Priscilla Shearer. I'm not going to tell it is as well as she does, um, so bear with me. But she tells a story about her neighbor's canoe, and I'm a sucker for a good analogy. It's my favorite way to understand a concept. So um, 
Okay, so her neighbor's canoe. They live near a pond. Um, they own a large canoe, and her and her boys love to go out on the canoe. And the neighbor usually leaves the large canoe right on the edge of the pond, flipped upside down. And someone who owns a canoe, like a large boat or canoe, um, would leave their their vessel upside down so that the water that was in there like drains down, and it's just the way that they store it, right? Um, it's flipped upside down. So the bottom is facing up. So it drains all the water and keeps the canoe stored right there. And Priscilla says that all she has to do um, is say the word and her neighbor will willingly and kindly go down a day early and flip the canoe over for her and clear out any unwanted critters. So it's ready for her family to enjoy the next day. She tells this story about how one time the owner didn't have time to go do that and flip it for her. And so she, it was her job to go down and flip it um, over and get the canoe prepped. So basically she talks about how, when she flipped this canoe over all kinds of critters come running out. I mean, I believe they live in Texas. Um, so it's like, you can only imagine bugs and snakes and all the things that live in moist, dark places where this upside down canoe near a lake has created this perfect environment for all of those things to, live under. It's not like the canoe was like putting up signs and being like, Hey, attention, all critters open space to rent. Like it, it didn't need to announce itself. It was a perfectly curated environment for those types of critters to attract themselves to. And they showed up on their own. And this small kind of silly analogy is so perfect for righteousness because when you're living in righteousness, you're not creating a space for a crack in a foundation or an environment where the enemy would feel comfortable coming and sitting at your table or sitting under your canoe. But when you are not living righteous, when you are living in sin, when you are choosing things that are opposite of what the Lord wants you to do or things that you know that your spirit knows is right. Many examples I could go into right now. And we all do this. Like, I'm not here to like convict you or like, I mean, I am here to convict you, <laughs> but I'm not here to like, you know, shame you or anything. That doesn't do anything. I am a sinful person. I am a human being. Nobody will ever walk this earth perfectly and sinless other than Jesus Christ himself. Um, so when you're living in a state where you are giving power to sin, you're creating an environment that's perfect for little critters and snakes to slither their way in to your life. And so it's extremely important that we do our best to live in righteousness and put on that breastplate of righteousness. Because if you, if you notice, it's the biggest piece of armor. Like I said, it covers all of your vital organs. Uh, without it, you're very vulnerable, right? Uh, so that's my favorite analogy to understand the breastplate of righteousness. Something else worth worth talking about and worth noted, noting is when she flips the boat upside down, in her analogy, she notices all the critters running out uh, and fleeing. And it, that's the same with your righteousness. It's the same. The second that you decide to live in righteousness and walk it, with Jesus and live according to the word of God and come to Jesus and repent and there's nowhere for the enemy to be that you, you're you, the environment you created for him to feel comfortable sitting next to you on the couch is gone. 
and he runs. He has no power. He has nowhere to be. When you're full of the Holy Spirit and you're living in righteousness and you're turning from sin, there's no space for the enemy to come and slither his way into your life. It's it's crazy. I've seen this so many times in my marriage, in my relationships, in my own personal peace. It's like when I decided to flip the boat over, all of a sudden I turned the light on. All of a sudden the environment for the enemy wasn't welcoming anymore. And I figured out it was me who was creating that space for him to come and sit next to me. Um, So like I said, you don't have to put up a sign and be like, hey, enemy, come over here. No, you do that by the way that you live. He's going to come to the environments that he feels comfortable and welcomed in. So take a second today, maybe after this, to close your eyes and ask the Lord to show you moments and spaces and areas in your life in which you're currently in your in your own way of living in righteousness and create you're currently creating an environment where these critters feel welcome. So uh, that's my favorite way, like I said, to explain the righteousness portion of the armor of God. Okay, next it says for shoes. This is Ephesians 6:15. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news, so that you will be fully prepared. So if you think about Shoes. <laughs> this is a whole episode of analogies, guys. I love it. My dad would just be so happy. Um, okay. So when you think about shoes, if you have a dog, you totally know what I'm talking about. I have a dog. Her name's MJ. She's the light of my life. Um, whenever I put my shoes on, she notices and she's like, oh, where are we going? Where are you going? Because I'm getting ready to walk outside. I'm preparing to walk outside. You don't go to the grocery store barefoot, y'all. We just don't. Okay. Uh, maybe some of you do. I don't know, but please don't. So when you put your shoes on, it's preparing you to walk outside. I was reading something about how back in when Jesus was walking the earth, the Romans would wear sandals, you know, and it would make so that the Romans would be ready for battle at any time. It would protect their feet. It would give them more agility. It would protect them from uh, injuring their feet and being unable to continue in battle. And peace, God's peace, the peace from the good news which is that you are loved and saved and the only way through heaven to heaven is through Jesus and that you are promised that eternal life in Christ. The peace that comes with that, the peace that you get to walk around with every day, that like where you should be upset, where you're in situations where people are like, how are, how are you so peaceful right now? And you're like, you know what? I can't really explain it. It's just the Lord's got me. You know, and some people who don't have that faith can roll their eyes at you or not believe that or whatever. I've had this so many times in my life where there are situations like, for example, when I was going through my cancer experience, I mean, obviously there were moments where I was feeling so shaky, but there were moments of so much security and so much peace in a situation where I should be terrified, where it would be so understandable if I would just have lost it in that moment. But I was like, wait, I'm taken care of though. Like I already know, I already know the ending. Like I said, spoiler alert, I already know what's going to happen. So that piece keeps you ready at any time to go out and share the good news of the Lord. And when you're living in that peace and when you have your shoes of peace on, you could be put, you, you're just more equipped to be used by the Lord at any second because you are already wearing your shoes of peace. You're ready to go. You're ready to walk outside. You're ready to move, to pivot, to go, to, to lean in when he chooses 
that the time is right for you to speak to someone about the good news. Um, so those are the shoes of peace. Okay. Okay. Then he says, in addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. This is so clear. I love it. I love it when something is clear in the Bible. Um, I feel like that's rare in my opinion. Uh, okay. So the shield of faith, if you think about a shield, it is a defensive weapon, just like the rest of the armor we've talked about so far. It is blocking whatever is coming to get you. And your enemy, the enemy of your soul, who hates you, who is jealous of you and who comes for you on a daily basis will be firing and, and probably is right now, actually, as you're listening to this. Let me tell you this. He has been firing arrows at me all morning. I had so many issues opening up the software to record this. I had my entire written script deleted from my Google Docs, which is odd because Google Docs saves everything. Coincidence? I think not. Um, I also woke up with a raging headache today. These are arrows. They seem small. They seem like, oh, everybody gets headaches, right? But why today of all days when I had decided I was going to do this, record this podcast finally, this episode finally, did I wake up with a headache? These are little arrows that we live in and live with in our modern world of him trying to get in your way, trying to get in the way of whatever God has called you to do or say, or speak, or be. And the shield of faith is a way to block the fiery arrows of the devil. And it's not, it's, it says it, it says shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. There's no chance those arrows are getting through that, that shield. It's not like, oh, maybe I'll just try to hold this up and, and hope that it, it keeps them away. The Lord promises it will stop the arrows. If you have faith, the kind of unshakable faith the kind of faith that we we get to have by knowing who God is and knowing the promises that he has shared with us blocks the enemy's attempts. Like, hello, we're so equipped. It's like, how could we be scared of this guy? Like, I can't believe I let him make me fearful so often when I know that all I have to do is hold up my shield of faith and faith in the Lord and faith that whatever turn life is taking that I'm held and that I'm loved and that I'm saved and that I'm redeemed and that I have purpose and that I'm chosen and that I'm set apart. And that kind of faith, it stops the enemy right in his tracks. Like I said, it's like the kind of faith where everyone around you and even you would totally understand if you were scared or fearful or angry or resentful or wanting revenge on a person or bitter or all of these things that don't come from God. Everyone would understand. It's totally understandable. Of course you would be bitter that that person betrayed you. Of course you would want to come back with a silver tongue and they deserve it. Right. But faith says that the Lord is going to take care of that. The Lord is going to, you handle your battles in a spiritual way through faith. And faith says that you don't, you don't have to fear and you don't have to be angry and you can have grace and you can give out grace like candy and you're safe in doing that. That's what my faith says on a daily basis. Okay. Next is put on salvation as your helmet. 
and take up the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So let's touch on salvation really quick. Salvation is your helmet. Helmet goes on your head. This is not rocket science, but just trying to state the obvious here. Salvation goes on as a helmet and your helmet protects your mind. So we live in a fallen, corrupt world filled with sin. Our salvation acts as a helmet in the way that it protects our minds. As followers of Christ, as believers, we are not to be of this world. This world is not our home. Romans 12.2 says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so this, this promise of salvation and the way that our eyes are open to this salvation protects us uh, when we remember that and walk through this fallen world. It's also, I kind of want to touch a little bit like on being of sound mind. I one of my best friends ever. I know she won't mind if I share this story. Um, just went through something where she called me and she was like, wow, no wonder the Lord asks us to be of sound mind because I was drinking the other day which we know clouds our mind. And I'm not saying that I don't drink. I'm not saying that again, I've never claimed to be a sinless person. I am your very much imperfect believer. Okay. Um, But she was drinking and she went into an establishment where she was potentially thinking about getting a job. And she was like, so psyched, psyched up and they were offering her this job. And then she went back in, I would say a different time, maybe it was a few days later. And she noticed things around the room that were not of God and that were actual environments. Like we were talking about before, there were many canoes tipped upside down in that room where it was creating an environment for the enemy to enter. And she didn't see that the first time when she was drinking because her her helmet was off a little bit. It was off kilter or maybe it was off altogether. So by putting, by choosing to put on this salvation helmet, we're protecting our minds from the ways that the enemy tries to creep in every single day. Uh, And none of these things are going to, like, I am never going to claim to be a person who has my belt of truth and my, you know, body armor of righteousness and my shot in, my shoes in peace and my helmet all at the same time. Like, I know these tools are available to me. I know that I get to get up and put on the armor of God every single day. But like I said, we're imperfect. So don't feel overwhelmed in trying to pick up all this armor at once and put it all on every single day and be perfect and never let the enemy touch you and never let an arrow get past that shield. Like it's going to happen. You're going to, that's that gap where sometimes you don't have all your armor on. That's where Jesus stands in front of you. That's that gap is where Jesus lives in my life. Because I know I'm imperfect and he knows I'm imperfect and he knows that he's the only one that can stand in the gap for me. And I'm so grateful and undeserving and it could get me in tears right now because there are so many times when I should have just taken the hit. I I should have had an arrow straight to the face. And he was like, no, let me catch that for you. So don't be discouraged. Try your best. Okay. Um, Last is the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So if you notice all of the things we've been talking about so far have been defensive weapons and the sword is the only offensive weapon. The sword is the only offensive weapon where when we 
plunge that sword forward. We're on the attack of the person on the other end or of the spear on the other end, or AKA you can call him by his name, Satan, the word of God. So I struggle with this too. You guys, if you're hearing this, please, please know that I am in the trenches with you. And I'm only speaking on this because I'm unequipped and, and the Lord is using me because he knows that people will see themselves in me because I'm so imperfect. It's hard for me to commit to reading my Bible and knowing the word every day. Why can I wake up in the morning and take my Green's Got Glow shot every day without fail, without even thinking about it? So committed to it that I take it with me when I travel. So committed to it that I take it when my family's in town or when I'm feeling sick or when I don't have time, I will be late so that I can take it. Why am I so able to commit to that and so unable? to commit to opening my Bible on a daily basis, which doesn't usually take as much time as I think it's going to. And usually leaves me feeling more full than anything of this world could ever make me feel. I don't know the answer to that question, but I do know that the only offensive weapon that we have against the enemy is the word of God. When he tries to tell you lies, when he tries to tell you that you're worthless, when he tries to tell you that you don't have any hope, don't, don't try to, don't try to get up. You don't have hope. There, there's no hope for you. When he tries to tell you that you're, you're angry at your husband, that your husband is doing things to hurt you on purpose. When he tries to tell you that the grass is greener in another place than where you currently stand. When he tries to pile on these lies in any way, shape or form. You can open up your word of God, open up the promises of Jesus, open up the living word, the living water that comes from the Bible and find the truth to hold up to those lies. And in that moment that you hold up that truth to the enemy, he flees and cowers because he has no power over the word of the Lord. And that is so awesome. Like that is so awesome. So most would say that the armor of God stops right there at verse 17, Ephesians 6, 17 with the word of God as the sword of the spirit. But I want to go on to verse 18 because it says, pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion, stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. I believe that prayer is another weapon. Prayer is a huge weapon. If you think all you can do is pray, then you are surely underestimating the power of prayer. You have a direct line to our Lord and Savior. You have a direct line to the creator of this universe, to the King of Kings. You can talk to him anytime you want. Let that sink in for a second. I think we take that for granted. I think that we don't realize that he is hearing everything you're praying about. Maybe he doesn't answer in the way that you think he should, but he's hearing it. And it serves a purpose and your prayers matter and your prayers make a difference and your prayers serve others and your prayers fill your spirit. So do not underestimate the power of your prayers. And if you're thinking about putting on the armor of God, make sure that the that prayer is in there as well. So this was the armor of God. This was our way to armor up against the enemy. 
And I hope that this episode has given you perspective on all of the tools that the Lord has given us to fight the enemy's schemes. I also hope that it has given you a spirit of bravery and knowing that you have solid ground to stand on against the schemes of the enemy and to not leave space for him to come and sit next to you and uh, to flip that canoe upside down. If this episode did speak to you, please don't forget to leave a review and follow the show on whatever platform you're listening to, to stay up to date on all things, the boundless pod, follow us on IG at the boundless pod. And as always, I dare you to look at how God's boundless grace is covering you this week. I promise you it is. Mm -hmm.